0: What do you think would happen if the American, actually, no, I got to give you some background or this question is just going to be too weird. No, don't, I don't want background. Okay. What do you think would happen if the American military just disappeared one day? Oh yeah, what's the background? (laughs) I was talking with a friend a few months ago and we were just trying to think of things that would totally upset world order. Ever since World War II, the American army has been just like in charge of everything, right? Like it's decided what countries exist. The world seems really stable, but that's partially because you've got this like huge military being like, don't change anything or, you know, we're going to show up. So just if one day magically it were to just disappear, what do you think would happen?
1: I think that England will come help us. And then they'll make us into slaves, and then we'll form a militia, and then we'll have another revolutionary war, and then we'll form a military, and then we'll take over the world.
0: Okay, and what about like in the rest of the world? There's a lot of countries that depend on the U.S. to exist. What's Taiwan gonna do? Or like Israel? I think Israel would just move. (laughs) Like physically? Like they just carve themselves out of the continent? Yeah, yeah. And then they'd airlift themselves into Arizona. (laughs) That's pretty much the same climate, actually. They'd probably be fine. This is Flipped, the show that turns the world upside down to see what falls out. I'm Alana Strauss. I sat down with someone who might know more about the American army than my brother and me.
1: My name is Brad Carson. I'm a professor of public policy at the University of Virginia's Batten School of Leadership and Public Policy. I was in the US Congress from the state of Oklahoma, a Democrat, and then I served in the Obama Defense Department, first as Undersecretary of the Army, and then later as the Acting Undersecretary of Defense.
0: What would happen if just one day magically, the American army disappeared.
1: Well, catastrophe would ensue. The reason we don't have piracy on the high seas is largely because of the U.S. Navy. When the Somali pirates got big, it was the U.S. Navy that interdicted them and stopped them, right? When they took people hostage, it was the Navy SEALs that swooped in to kill the hostage-takers. When you have terrorists, you know, working to develop camps in Africa or the Hindu Kush, right? It's the U.S. military that stops in to prevent them. When other countries are thinking about maybe an arms race, right? Maybe we'll develop our own indigenous capabilities, maybe even develop nuclear weapons. The reason they don't is because the U.S. says, no, we will take care of you. And we recognize that those kind of so-called security competitions where Japan develops nuclear weapons, so China ups its arsenal, and then Japan does more, and then South Korea gets in the act, that these things are really dangerous and destabilizing and can actually lead to war. And so, right, the protection that the U.S. offers is a way to dampen that potential conflict. We see this in the Middle East, where if Iran develops nuclear weapons, it's thought that Saudi Arabia might develop them. Well, we protect Saudi Arabia, and so right that keeps them from developing nuclear weapons and causing this whole cycle to develop.
0: So it sounds like one consequence of this could be a ton more countries developing nuclear
1: weapons. Nuclear weapons, as well as their own conventional forces.
0: Are there any particular wars you would imagine breaking out?
1: I think the flashpoints are China, Taiwan. That's a, a very dangerous one. Russia and the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, break away from the Soviet Union, now members of NATO. Those, I think, are areas that would be um, highly vulnerable. And also kind of um, inter-Middle Eastern conflict between Iran and Saudi Arabia, um, proxy wars throughout the Middle East.
0: What kinds of scenarios do you imagine playing out in the Middle East?
1: Well, if the U.S. had no military at all, if it were to go away overnight which means that you wouldn't even be able to show up later, right? It's one thing to remove your forces from the region and move them back to the U.S., but if they weren't even in the U.S., if it just went away, what I think you would see is a contest of all against all for resources in the Middle East.
0: To all intents and purposes, Kuwait has ceased to exist as an independent sovereign nation. And with one stroke, Saddam Hussein and Iraq have eliminated billions of dollars' worth of debts, acquired enormous oil resources on top of those already controlled gained access to an important persian gulf port and intimidated every other country in the region in this country the dow jones dropped 35 points the price of crude oil is now over 23 dollars a barrel and already there is alarming talk of how developments could easily lead
1: to a full-blown recession here in the united states
0: it is difficult to find anyone
1: with a Imagine that Saddam Hussein had been able to take over Kuwait, right? He might have threatened the eastern oil fields of Saudi Arabia, which are right there on the Iraqi Kuwait border. And if he were to say dominate world oil, and Saddam Hussein could, you know, raise oil prices in the US to $10 a gallon overnight, um, right? He could control elections in the US, who was going to be president and who was not. He'd be one of the most powerful people in all the world. The U.S. at least being able to project power into the Middle East, right, is a really important capability to have. And if we lost that, I think you would see a lot of these regimes there um, engaged in a lot more aggressive behavior to try to control the most precious resource in the world, which is oil.
0: What would happen to, say, something like Taiwan?
1: Well, Taiwan would be frightened by Chinese encroachment, and if the U.S. weren't there to back up Taiwan, then China itself might be emboldened. Presumably, if China were to launch an all-out invasion of Taiwan and be very committed to it, and the U.S. and its allies didn't intervene, China would likely succeed in that effort. And if they were to do so, that would scare the hell out of Japan, out of Korea, the Philippines, Indonesia, any other country there that says like, hey, you know, no one can defend against the massive weight of China itself. And so they would either fall under the thrall of China, for example, um, or else try to quickly build up a nuclear deterrent. Japan and South Korea could easily do that.
0: What would happen at home Like suddenly the United States would just have no military. Would we be invaded? Would we split into different chunks? You know, will Texas just try and defend itself? How does that work?
1: I don't think we would be invaded. There's the so-called stopping power of water. The U.S. is not like a land power in Europe that has enemies on all of its borders. We're lucky to have Canada and Mexico, and then we have these great oceans. So we're not going to be invaded.
0: In a world that's been changed so much, you know, that has a lot more wars breaking out, where you don't have this military force stabilizing things, would it be possible for like I don't know, like a Canada or a Mexico invasion.
1: No, it's not possible. Um, and it's not simply That's because good. the U. It's good to yeah. know. Uh, it's also because these nations are today friendly with us, or the U.S. is so strong. It's fundamentally that nuclear weapons has changed the equation. So imagine that, you know, Mexico did turn to be a mortal enemy of the U.S., as opposed to the kind of frenemy they could be sometimes today, and that they had the military might to occupy Washington, D.C., topple the regime. What would happen? We'd use nuclear weapons before that happened.
0: Can you think of any sort of big either global event or way things could be restructured that would have a huge impact on human life?
1: Climate change, I think, could be um, a world reckoning event. The U.S. military is increasingly concerned about climate change.
0: If, say, the world doesn't respond to climate change very effectively over the next, I don't know, 30 years, you know, I hear so much about scientific impacts of that, you know, water levels rising. I don't hear very much about political destabilizing effects. I'm curious what you think those
1: would be. Well, I think those political effects are equally important. I mean, what causes political instability in the world? Well, a major driver of that is rising food prices, where people can no longer afford, say, to buy bread. Well, what affects food prices? Well, weather, resources, petroleum products go into fertilizers that allow us to feed the world. And when you don't have these kinds of things, you have political instability. So there are some people who even look at the beginning of the Syrian civil war as caused by that spike in food prices in like 2007, 2008. And that led to unrest. They've been waiting for hours under the scorching sun. But the promise of food is worth the effort for these farmers in the village of Wasya in eastern Syria. This was the river that made the land here so fertile. Then over the past two decades it slowly started to dry up. Now all what's left is some arid land and mud puddles. And in turn, right, that unrest in a globalized world doesn't stay confined within its borders, it spreads out. And so soon you have Syrian refugees in Germany or Sweden. And this causes political turmoil and anti-immigrant sentiment rises and you have kind of white nationalist responses. You're going to see people on the move to try to find happier places, seeking, yes, a better way of life, but also fleeing what will be a ravaged ecosystem in those nations. Or you're going to see them rioting as they say, look, you know, we can't afford to live anymore. And the conflict in the meantime ensues, destabilizing whole regions, giving rise to splinter terror groups and whole lands where anarchy prevails.